Hello and welcome to the second in our series of podcasts looking at primary care nurses and cancer as a long-term condition, put together by the Macmillan Primary Care Nursing Project Team in South West London. The focus of today's podcast is to meet members of the cancer workforce in Sutton CCG um, and to find out how they have worked together to have a particular focus on the quality of cancer care in Sutton and how in particular the nurse role has been developed. Um, We hope you enjoy it. So hello, we're here for our second podcast. We've got members of Sutton CCG this morning and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Jenny Morrison and I am the lead nurse for Sutton Training Hub. Hello, I'm Claire Costello and I'm a practice nurse based in uh, the Ben Hill Endowment Surgery at Sutton. Hi, I'm Zaitan Ahmed Jushuf. I'm a GP at Ben Hill Endowment Surgery and I'm also the Macmillan GP for Sutton CCG. Great. So we're here because everyone around the table has been involved in some work to improve the experience of primary care for people living with cancer in Sutton. And there have been a number of different pieces of work which we're going to explore in a bit more detail during the podcast to share the story and perhaps give some ideas about how a multi-strand approach to improvement work can be adopted by other CCGs addressing similar challenges when it comes to cancer. So perhaps if I can start just with a bit of background, Zed, uh, why has improving cancer care in Sutton been a particular focus over the past year or so? So improving cancer care in Sutton has become a focus for a number of years now in, in this area because of the changing story of cancer. We all know that there is increasing number of people surviving cancer. There's been um, huge advances in treatment options, uh, which are rendering people treatable but not curable. And also there's been certain pathways within the cancer work stream that have, that have involved primary care directly in the care of patients who live with and beyond cancer, particularly you mentioned the prostate stratified pathway. So we, 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 have a, we have a strong cancer team in Sutton, including uh, our cancer lead, uh, Dr. Patel, Dr. Vanesh Patel, myself, and we have uh, commissioning managers support us uh, through our work streams. So I think that's really helped to drive the story of cancer through Sutton. And with this particular sort of piece of work, was it a case of you, you, the leadership team, kind of coming together and recognising that there were some sort of more strategic changes which you needed to address locally to, to make sure that you were sort of giving the best possible care for people with cancer? So, so I think that the team recognised uh, re- recognised that this was a, a piece of work that was needing to be done, but we were also hearing from uh, primary care nurses, doctors, and, and also just the primary care team that there was more evidence that patients were coming to primary care seeing primary care professionals for multiple problems Mm. uh, that could have perhaps been due to the cancer itself but also as a result of the treatment but both short-term and Uh long-term so I think that was definitely one of the uh, another reason not just the leadership but also primary care itself noticing uh, that there was a change on the ground Mm. Um, and I think the prostate stratified pathway highlighted that uh, because of the need to educate primary care as to how to look after these patients and initially the the fear and the um, the insecurity that primary care had uh, in in looking after these patients but once the pilot and and, and the education had taken place that actually primary care was much more comfortable doing it Mm. so I think it's it's two-pronged I think it's Mm. both from us but also from us in primary care recognising that. Mm. I think the, the stratified prostate follow-up is a, is a good example of how that has changed in primary care and, and, and as you say, 
a sort of a response to that was needed. Um, so should we start with the engagement strategy? Um, can you tell me a bit more about the work that went into that? Um, so uh, we as the cancer team engaged with our members of primary care through a variety of learning events involving the training hub, uh, formerly known as CEPN, but also um, as, as the cancer team doing talks to GPs through uh, the Tuesday afternoon meetings through joint locality meetings, through individual locality meetings, through practice visits, but also through comms and really facilitating conversations, questions, uh, worries, queries, really making primary care aware that we were there to help support their um, their needs, training needs, as well as their concerns, really. Can you give us a flavour of the sort of areas where practices were telling you they needed more support? So one of the areas as a GP I recognised being closely knit within practice nurses within our practice but also having been trained within Sutton and and knowing practice nurses who trained me uh, as as a junior GP was recognised that there was very little formal education for uh, for nurses who were doing a lot of our chronic disease management and were getting support through other chronic diseases and now knowing from the changing story of cancer that cancer is a long-term condition there was very little directly related to nurses being done for them and through the protected learning events and the GP events which were also open to nurses there wasn't a nurse focus I felt and recognizing the skill sets that they had and they have uh, with chronic disease management it seemed the right thing to try and engage this very highly skilled member of primary mm-hmm. care to to get more training and support for this particular work stream. Mm. And it was very clear, certainly at the Protected Learning Time event, that nurses were very much included and yes. involved and recognised as part of the cancer workforce. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the Protected Learning Time event um, that was... Uh, it was so it was in May, yeah. so we had a Protected Learning Time event jointly done uh, through Macmillan Funding and uh, the Training Hub for Saturn, and it invited and offered Protected Learning Time for an afternoon uh, where, and we had more than 170 attendees at that event and it was uh, it was everyone in primary care, not just GPs, not just practice nurses, but the reception staff, the healthcare assistants, pharmacists if they were still they were within practice to come and learn about the changing story of cancer and learn about the work streams that we're involved in and want to develop in the future, but also get a very, very poignant patient's perspective by a, a real patient who actually told his story to really set scene of, of the whole changing story of cancer. So I think it was a really powerful um, afternoon, I felt. We received feedback, both constructive, um, but o- also the challenges, we recognised the challenges that we, that were thrown back to us about time and pressure and, 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 and training. And I think through that um, and through working with Macmillan and the Macmillan Project that's currently running with practice nurses, we're hopefully facilitating this gap Mm. Uh, within primary care, which I hope will improve just patient experience. Patient experience yeah. Absolutely. Um, so education's been um, quite a big focus, and if I can invite you, Jenny, to come in now and talk a little bit about your your training hub role and how that's linked into this work. Yeah, of course. So, the training hub's role has really been to drive forwards the educational focus for practice nurses. If you talk to any practice nurse, they'll say to you that they're, they're regularly seeing patients that have got cancer. 
but there's that nervousness around actually approaching the topic of cancer itself because of the lack of education that they might have had. And I think that what Zed said was absolutely correct, is that we've had such huge amounts of training on all the other long-term conditions, and really we need more formal training uh, with regards to cancer as well. Um, And and it means that you can give a much more holistic uh, review as well. If you're seeing somebody for their diabetes review, then you can also talk about their cancer as well. So I think it sits really, really nicely with the practice nurses. So as a training hub, what we have tried to do is support the project so that 80% of practices across South West London have attended a taster session. In Sutton, we have done incredibly well. We've had 80% of our our nurses attend um, uh, across our practices. And I think that we've had such good success because it's a project that lots of people believe in. We've got really good leadership from the CCG. And, and it is a real focus. And we haven't had such a good response in some of the other areas. And, and that's there are so many other things that we need to focus on as well that potentially during this period of time, cancer hasn't been focused on. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it will be, that will be something that changes. However, looking just at targets and percentages, I, I think, you know, from that point of view, you could say, well, it hasn't been successful. But actually, I look at that and I think actually it really has been successful because you've still got a cohort of nurses that six or 12 months ago wouldn't have had any kind of training in mm. cancer care. So they've had that taster session and actually we've had people go on to do the full uh, Macmillan practice nursing course and they've really thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. And when we look at that level of education, that can be something that potentially we could look at rolling out through the PCNs. If we have some nurses that have diversified their roles and they are looking more at cancer, then potentially that's a service that could be run through PCNs rather than uh, specific practices doing that. So you're referring to perhaps cancer care reviews leading on specific sort of tasks within yeah, cancer practice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is something, speaking to the nurses, they're, they're very keen on and they, they are always wanting to diversify their roles and be able to support patients as much as they can do. And I think that this does sit really nicely with the practice nurses, definitely. And I think perhaps what you're describing today shows how that wider engagement and focus on cancer has trickled down to enable nurses to be released to attend training. Um, And perhaps it explains why Sutton has been so successful in getting nurses to attend the taster sessions, perhaps, because it's been a sort of a system-level approach. Absolutely. And I think that this is just an age-old problem that we have when it comes to releasing not just practice nurses, but members of staff for training. It's so unbelievably important. More and more, um, we, we are looking after so many different conditions within primary care and we're expected to be expert. And like I said, not just us as practice nurses, but the GPs and the PAs and the pharmacists. But we, we, we can't deliver all those services if we don't feel confident and competent in that because it's not fair on those clinicians, but it's no. also not fair on the patients. And we've always got to come back to what is the best for the patient. And having educated members of staff in different conditions, that's what we need. So it's really important that training hubs and CCGs really look at education as a, as a real priority in cancer care and 
I know that in some other areas, um, like learning disabilities, that's becoming mandatory part of training, I think, from the RCN. Yes. And maybe cancer needs to be put in there as well. It doesn't necessarily need to be a yearly update, but maybe a two-yearly update, just so that there is some kind of mandatory training that has to occur within cancer care. And it's, a, it's really good to hear that it's now recognised, I think, that actually education for primary care nurses on cancer is should be considered essential because I think you know maybe a year or so ago that we didn't necessarily hear that from, from everybody. No I, I totally agree and all of the nurses that I've spoken to uh, particularly within Sutton have really enjoyed the sessions that they have attended and the ones that have gone on to do the, the Macmillan course have learned so much and, and they have thoroughly enjoyed themselves and they know that they've now got new skills and new ways of questioning patients and and, and also in supporting them uh, going forwards for the reviews, which is great. And Claire, if I can bring you in now, Claire is a practice nurse at Ben Hill and Belmont um, Surgery, and you did the McMillan course um, a year or so ago now, but I wonder if you can um, tell us a bit about how that's impacted on your role and how your role has now changed. So I completed the McMillan course in March of this year, and I did the five-day course. Prior to that, I was working with Zed doing the gratified prostate cancer follow-up, mm-hmm. which we started about 18 months ago. So after we'd set that system up within our practice, we were then looking at how we're going to improve the care of cancer patients in primary care. And the cancer care reviews obviously came up and was coming into play then. So the decision was that I would attend the Macmillan practice nurse course and then start undertaking the cancer care reviews within our practice. So that's what has been happening for about six to eight months now, roughly. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will contact patients with a new diagnosis of cancer um, initially, which is done by telephone, and then either invite them in if they want to come for a face-to-face appointment or have a chat on the phone, Mm -hmm. just to let them know that we're acknowledging the diagnosis and that we're aware of what's happening to them in secondary care. And that's a sort of a fabulous example of that you kind of taking on the lead in that role. Do you get kind of get the sense amongst your your sort of counterparts within Sutton that there's more and more nurses perhaps starting to develop their roles in a similar way to how you have? Well, definitely, and certainly within our practice, mm-hmm. to the other two practice nurses have both now done the Macmillan practice nurse course, mm-hmm. um, so they're very willing to start undertaking the cancer care reviews as well. And I think as a whole, there's been a change of thinking, you know, whereas people are recognising cancer as a long-term condition, mm-hmm. and uh, very much the numbers are just going to be increasing year upon year, so mm-hmm. it's definitely a focus of work that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you tell us a bit about the community of practice um, which you've been involved in and how that's contributed to your... Yeah, so um, the community of practice was set up by Sandra at Dyer um, with a view to you know, start a network for primary care nurses. The invitation was extended really to any practice nurse that has an interest in cancer and the meetings are held in London on a quarterly basis so there's only been two so far I've managed to attend both but it's been an invaluable meeting I think from a networking point of view and just to see what other people are doing or not doing as the case might be 
uh, and just sharing really our experiences it's mm. been really good and the speakers that we've had at both those sessions have been really beneficial I think. So it sounds like this is not a piece of work which necessarily is going to finish it's sort of the start of something which you're going to build on and I wonder if you've got any ideas or any sort of plans for the future in terms of your, your next steps either individually or collectively within SETI. Um, well, Zed and I have been having a conversation yeah. recently whereas we're doing very well in our cancer care reviews for patients within the first six months of diagnosis, but then what's happening after that? Right. You know, when are they going to be followed up? Yeah. And, and unless, you know, I think there needs to be a sort of stratified pathway perhaps put into place eventually, but, you know, do we meet them again at the end of their cancer treatment? Do we meet them at changes of cancer treatment? Mm -hmm. you know, perhaps the disease has progressed. Um, you know, do we just see them once a year? Mm -hmm. uh, that's really not in place as yet. So there's no formal there's arrangement. No form, yeah. Um, and we've done it um, clinician to clinician mm -hmm. dependent yes. so far. Yes. Some clinicians do it yearly, some clinicians never do it, some clinicians do every six months, mm. uh, depending on the cancer type and mm. the progression. So I think thinking about the future and thinking about the personalised care agenda coming. Mm. I to us from next year, this is an area I think we must push because we're already doing it. We're already doing it in an informal way and it needs to be formalised like COPD, like diabetes and, and we can only get better. So it's a nice place to start because we can only go up, we can't go down. Absolutely. Um, and I think that's where we need, we will have the buy-in, we have the buy-in, mm. but we need to engage with the PCMs clinical directors, both nursing and GP, so GP leadership and nursing leadership, to try and influence how they carry forward the personalised care agenda, to try and see this cohort of patients, which interestingly enough, yesterday's statistics, by 2040, our cancer numbers in our practice will probably be more than the type 2 diabetes numbers. So, so now it is should be around the type 2 diabetes numbers. By 2040, it would probably be double that. Mm. So just knowing that, and I've never seen that statistic until we had a meeting yesterday talking about similar issues um, within Macmillan GPs and other, other leadership within Macmillan. And it is really important to make noise and make, make people aware we want this work stream to be at the top of the agenda and not sitting behind uh, the other well-known chronic diseases that have lots of investment and support for them but also engaging within the PCNs, but also with voluntary organisations more. So social prescribers, voluntary organisations like Macmillan, like Age UK, like St Raph's Hospice, like Maggie's and Sutton, because we can't do it all under the NHS. We need to spread the wing a bit, recognising that there is this work stream that needs to be taken care of, and then actually cancer is not just a secondary care condition, it is it is a primary care issue as well. And, and I think as well as, as formalising what we're doing, what's really important is that we need to standardise it though as well, so that everybody that is delivering the cancer care reviews and offering support to patients has the same level of training and then that will, will help with running services through PCNs and, and that's definitely one of our next steps is to start meeting with clinical directors and see how as a training hub we can help the PCNs with that educational focus around cancer 
but when you look at any kind of long-term condition, and this is why cancer shouldn't be any different, the patient deserves to have the same care wherever they go. Um, and I think that that's what I feel very passionately about, is that we really need to ensure that education is offered regularly around cancer, but also that it's standardised education as well. We have the support from organisations like Macmillan to deliver that. What we need to do now on the ground is use the momentum we have from the prostate stratified pathway and from the success of the KPI for Macmillan Cancer Care Review Templates to drive that and say we've got to formalise and standardise it as much as we can um, going forward and strike while the iron's hot. So PCNs are still sussing things out and I think if we make a bit of noise and say actually we're important, you know, our condition is important as much as the other conditions, as much as frailty, as much as because actually in frailty you have cancer, you know, in elderly you have cancer, and the older you get, you get more cancer. Mm. So actually it's just really making making our voices heard and being loud and, and getting punches back and then being resilient and going back in again and <laughs> saying no one more. <laughs> so yeah, it's just it's just it, I think it's just I think I think it's recognized. And I think we've got a lovely team now. We've got a really strong buy-in with the nurses which is really really brilliant got a strong buy-in getting there with with gps supporting the nurses and i think yeah we're just going to keep at it mm. um so you talked about some punches and knockdowns um in terms of what you might what you've kind of learned what you might uh, sort of recommend or, or advise other ccgs looking to do a similar piece of work is there any sort of um tips that you would pass on things you've learned along the way to to enable them to be successful including nurses in this piece of work is obviously crucial but is there anything else i I think recognizing skill sets Mm. and celebrating those skill sets so we have some very quiet people who who have a lot of skill and by celebrating and recognizing those skill sets within primary care and enabling them and supporting them i think we can deliver Mm. we all have negatives and positives, we all have strong points and not so strong points, but if we recognise people within our systems who have the ability to enhance, to to highlight, to to drive, to encourage, to assist, be persistent, I think those members of the team should be supported and through that I think it will grow. Mm-hmm. I think if you recognise things being successful in one practice, then another practice will take it take it mm. on because oh, if that practice can do it, why can we do it? Mm. And it, it's just a snowballing effect, isn't it? Mm. It's how diabetes was twenty years ago, ten years ago. Everyone f- was frozen, scared. Oh, are we really going to be looking after type one diabetics or type two diabetics? With you know, and we are doing that so skillfully. Um, and there is core nurse nursing training, but through that you're engaging the others. So I think you, I think just really you know sort of promoting and uh, enabling and, and having organisations such as Muckman constantly supporting would be really Makes useful. Um, well, I think just going right back to the very basics where one of our stumbling blocks yes. were when we were with yeah. the coding. Yes, you know, yeah. coding. Yes. When you receive a diagnosis yes. of cancer for a patient, please code it code correctly. It so Otherwise you can't find yeah, it. can't do anything. So yeah. that's something that I'm tackling as a McMillan GP. So you will be very shortly hearing my knocks on the door <laughs> um, through the McMillan Cancer because we are working with Lausanne to try and get the coding sorted and try and getting our prevalence up in cancer because we have cancer patients but we don't have them coded correctly Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I I totally agree with Zed it's about being persistent keep going keep Mm -hmm. talking about it uh, keep inviting people into your forums whether they're nurse forums or GP forums 
to talk about cancer and that's going to be how, how we drive this forwards and we need to as training hubs continue the fight to make sure that, that people get adequate study leave as well so that yes. they can go and diversify their skills mm. um, and they can learn more about different conditions and not not just you know diabetes, COPD, asthma but opening it up to, to looking at other other things that can be considered long-term conditions like cancer and it just has to continue to be at the top of our agenda. Mm. I think finally not taking away local Everything is being centralised, everything is going to bigger, but having a local presence yeah. of training hubs and champions is absolutely vital mm. because I look at Claire and Claire knows most of the nurses in Sutton and everyone knows that she's done the practice nurse course and most GPs now know that I'm this absolutely annoying GP who keeps persisting about <laughs> cancer and just dreams, eats, sleeps cancer. Um, <laughs> But, it, but but they know that if they email me mm. and, and, and say that I think just having local influence, mm. having local training hubs mm. and not making it something that's so distant that is difficult to approach and, and, and get. So I think having that local leadership and local mm. expertise, expertise yes. is really, really important. Yes. And, and, and Sandra, I mean, Sandra's done wonders just mm. across that South of London, just having someone like her driving it, driving, driving this forward uh, from top is also important. Mm. So just having that networking ability. We've got, got a long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've started. We've started. Yes. We've started. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing it with us today. So we hope you enjoyed listening and perhaps picked up some useful tips to take back to your own particular area to develop a team approach to joined up cancer care and the developing role of nurse leadership. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.